thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity once again, and certainly having a great time sharing this info uh, each Friday, just different ways that we can enhance our lives through the use of these Apple products like our iPhones and our iPads, Apple TVs, and so on. And yes, today we are going to be talking about something that I feel is one of the most powerful and yet one of the most underutilized iOS apps, and that is indeed the calendar. And if we, what we'll do is uh, we'll talk about how to use the calendar with voiceover, the types of things you can do with events, and we'll also describe and explain the difference between the calendar app and the reminders app because I get a lot of questions about that. And I have a lot of students and clients who try to, uh, to sort of um, interchange them when they're really designed for two entirely different purposes. And so we want to share with you uh, those things as well. If we have time, we may explore the Reminders app, but our primary focus today is definitely going to be the calendar app. You know, because if you look at what happens, a lot of times I've, I've um, experienced various students who are doing just fine with their iPhone, their iPad with voiceover, and they're using it to do really powerful things. And then all of a sudden, whenever it's time for them to write down that next event, they get out the old Braille note or the Perkins Brailler or something like that, and they don't need to. They can do it all on the calendar app on iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch. So one of the most important things to explain about the calendar app right from the start is that like most everything else on your Apple devices, it syncs with iCloud. Now iCloud stores your content and then wirelessly pushes it to all of your devices automatically without any intervention from you. It's built right into your apps. So you'll always have everything with you wherever you go, whatever device you're using. I can't say enough about iCloud. And we could really spend an entire session or probably even multiple sessions really just talking about iCloud and the different features that it offers. But the, the area of iCloud that I want to really focus on with you today is the fact that when you create or modify an event on one device in the calendar, that new event or that event modification appears instantly, automatically, wirelessly on all of your devices as long as you have iCloud enabled. So we'll talk a bit more about that later, but I wanted to establish right from the get-go that you definitely have iCloud support. All your events are going to show up on all of your devices. Now, in addition to that, the calendar app supports multiple calendars. So within iCloud, you can have, for example, a home and a work calendar, maybe a family calendar, and possibly other calendars. You can even have calendars that you make available to other people, even public calendars. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Now, in addition to your iCloud calendars, the Apple Calendar app supports other popular calendars as well. For example, if your workplace requires you to use a Google Calendar because they use G Suite, you can add that Google Calendar right to your Apple Calendar app. You don't even need a separate app to do it. If you happen to use, uh, maybe you're, you're in a situation where you're an Outlook user, you can add your Microsoft calendar and really a lot of other calendars as well, all in one place, all in one app. Now, of course, the calendar app supports Siri. 
And we will even talk about how to use Siri both to create and find calendar events. I will demo the calendar in a few minutes with voiceover, at least in part, to show you some of the options. But I want to say that the, the way you navigate the calendar when you are actually trying to locate events is going to be different depending on the device that you're using. And we've done several um, articles and several recordings about this. And so at the end of these presentations, I always share with you uh, the, the website for my business. And I'll make sure I do that again, uh, because if you go to that website, you can actually read um, one of our team members is, is creating um, a document right now or has just finished creating it. And some of you may be familiar with Rita House and her iDevice advice. I was going to try to get her on this call today, and I may still do that uh, during uh, Q&A time. Uh, I don't want to interrupt things right now while I'm teaching this, but uh, I may still try to do that um, since I was, uh, due to my whatever email issue, missing that, uh, that join info in the first place. I couldn't pass it along to her either. Um, so it, we were a little bit under the, under the wire there, but I, I will try to get her on as well because I'd love for her to share her perspective on how to easily navigate the calendar and find events. Now, the the most important thing to understand is that you can really use every aspect of this calendar with voiceover. It's completely accessible, just like every one of Apple's apps. And I believe that probably the best place to really start here is just with the idea of creating events. So I'm going to orient you a bit to the calendar and its layout, and then I'm going to show you what the screen actually looks like or sounds like when we create calendar events. So let me, um, I have my iPad right here, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and open it up for you, and I'll, uh, I'll get some volume on the situation here, and we will, uh, we will listen to what the zero of six value. There we go. Uh, we'll listen to what the calendar app sounds like. Now, I'm going to um, also tell you that on an iPad, and we're not going to teach this today, but on an iPad, you can have widgets right on your home screen. And I happen to have the up next event, uh, the up next widget on my home screen. And it's beautiful because it actually tells me right alongside of my other apps what my upcoming events are, an upcoming appointment maybe, or a reminder. Uh, and... I would also say that I interestingly just received a calendar alert right now, which is a, a fun coincidence. Uh, it popped up as a notification. I believe that maybe my wife was actually adding it to our family calendar, and it popped up and showed me that I had this event, so I was able to just dismiss that. I could do other things with it. I could, uh, I'll share with you what those things are here in a little bit when we talk about event creation. The other thing is the calendar works very closely with family sharing. Family sharing is Apple's means of multiple people with multiple Apple IDs in the same family to have things that they share, to share the data that is important to share, including a family calendar. And I believe that's what just happened here is that we saw uh, her put something on the family calendar and I was instantly able to see it. So as I said, on my home screen, right alongside of my um, uh, apps 
and app icons, I have a couple of widgets and I and one of them happens to be up next. The other one is the weather. So I can see my events right here at all times. But I'm going to launch the calendar now and I, I just have the icon right here on the home screen. We will go ahead and calendar Friday, May 22nd. Double tap to open. And you see that it even tells you the date. We'll double tap it. Calendar, May 2020. Now, as I said to you, it's a little bit different on a phone versus an iPad. And I'm using my phone in this meeting. And so the iPad is the device you're going to hear. I can't show you the iPhone layout of the calendar because um, you won't hear voiceovers speech without me making some uh, setting changes. And I think it would just be in our best interest to talk through it rather than trying to do all that right now. So what I'd like to do is to start out by looking at the bottom of the screen. I always advise students, you know, when there's some key places to look in apps, top left, top right, and across the bottom, because almost every app is going to be set up in one of a few ways, and those are some of the most popular ways you'll find important buttons at the top left or the top right. And in many apps, you'll even find sort of a tab view across the bottom. Now, the calendar app, I believe they're actually not called tabs. They're called buttons. But I want to just go ahead and show you what they are. Calendars. Button. Yep. See, it says button. So the first one on the left is? Today. Button. Today. And then? Calendars. Button. Inbox. Button. And then inbox. So we have three things here. Today calendars and inbox. Today, we'll quickly, as its name suggests, jump us right to today, okay? The second one in that list is calendars. Now, this displays all of the calendars that I have set up. Remember I told you, you can have multiple calendars from multiple services, multiple calendars within the same service, and you can even have calendars that have been installed by third-party apps. You can hide these calendars if you don't want to see their events. And of course, you can then show them again when you choose to do so. You can also, from that screen, customize various aspects of the calendar. For example, if you want to share a calendar. So I'm going to uh, skip over that for right now, but I'll tell you a little more about it later. And finally, the inbox button at the bottom brings me to the place where I will see all of my invitations. If someone invites me to an event, if someone puts an event on the family calendar, I'll see all of those things in the inbox waiting for my confirmation or my reply. Now on an iPad, at the upper left of the screen, May 2020, May 2020, we have that information, that month. Day, button, selected, week, button, month, button, year, button, four, four. And you heard there are four buttons up there, day, week, month, and year. This is how we can view our calendar, by day, by week, by month, or by year. I like to do it in week view, and I'll show you why in a moment. And then if I swipe to the right, search button. There's also a search button, which allows us to quickly and easily search for events, for you know different things that we might want to find. So we're already in the month of May. And if I swipe to the right, add button. There's that add button that we were looking for. And we're going to use it right now as if we were going to create an event. Then we're going to come back and look at how we find our events. So let's go ahead and hit the add button. Text field is editing, title, character mode, insertion point at start. And the first thing it's going to want, if I were really creating an event, of course, is the title of the event. Uh, business lunch. 
dentist appointment, you know, whatever the thing might be, you're going to type the title in there. You're just going to double tap in that field and you will type the actual name or title of the event. The next thing you have, if we swipe to the right, and the reason I'm taking you so specifically item by item through this new event screen is because it will really give me an opportunity to explain some of the really awesome, powerful features and functions of the calendar app to you as we see them right here. So there's our event title. Let's go to the right. Location button. Now, this is actually one of my favorite parts of the calendar app. You can add an event location. You can add a specific address. You can add a business name. Let's just double tap this to show you the kinds of things we can do with it. Text field, location, button. Search field is search field is editing, enter location, character mode, insertion point at start. So there's an edit field where I can search for locations. And if I swipe to the right, dictate button current location. It, it allows me to use my current location, and then I have recents heading a list of recents that I've used or that it thinks I might want. Everett Area Elementary School, Logue Valley Mall, Everett Area High School, Home, Ed and Cass Volbrex Home, UPMC Bedford, Panera Bread, Allegheny College of Maryland, Original Italian Pizza, Five Thousands, Bright and Sweets Hotel. All right, so all of these are places that I have used before as locations, and if I want to use one of those, I can just double tap on it, or I can search for a location again by address, by contact name, or even if it's not in my contacts, I can search for it because it will use Apple Maps. It will use all of these things to attempt to find what I might be looking for. And so it's very, very easy for me to, um, I'm just going to like, for example, let's suppose that we were going to have something at uh, the Olive Garden restaurant. So I type O-L-I. Let's see if that's enough. I don't know. Dismiss uh, let's go over here. All right, there's our, hmm, I don't know if that's going to be enough because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of places with that sort of name, but let's just look here. Current location, contacts, heading. First, it's looking in my contacts. Olive Garden. Oh, well, I actually have it in my contacts, so that <laughs> that's funny because that made that really easy. Map locations. But here's map locations. Olive Garden. Three, three, one, five. Okay, it, it actually was the first thing it found. Olive Garden. Once then it found another one in a different city. Olive Garden. Olive Garden. Olive Garden. Well, I thought it may have other things in there, but it's all of the top ones are definitely Olive Garden. So I'm going to clear that text because we're not really going to have an event right now at the Olive Garden. Might pick up some food there, though, for takeout. It sounds pretty good. Might do that one of these days. So you can type that in, and you can you know, just type the first few letters of what you're looking for. As you can see, if it's in your contacts, that's going to be a really easy thing. But then all these map locations are underneath of it, and it, it, it does do a great job. You know, It's using your location, and it's using artificial intelligence. So you know, it, it does do a pretty good job with this. It really does. And these are location suggestions. And the other thing the calendar actually supports is Siri suggestions. So if I had an event that I was talking about, let's say in messages, and I said to, um, you know, a friend or a coworker, I said, hey, let's have lunch tomorrow at Olive Garden. Well, it might suggest to me that I want to create that event and that I might want to use Olive Garden as the location. So Siri does a really good job of doing all that. She's much more than just that voice that you hear uh, when you talk to her. We're going to cancel that event location part because I don't actually need to do it right now. We're not really creating an event. But so again, we had the event title and then the location. Now let's see what's next. 
all day switch button off all right so we can have all day events if we want to and of course all day events um you know the things that things that would not be just at a certain given time uh, maybe a trip somewhere or you know someone's uh, you know, some kind of an anniversary or something. I, I wouldn't say birthdays because that's in a separate calendar, and I'll talk to you about that in a little bit. But let's go on and see what else is here. Start May 22nd, 2020, 3 p.m. This is, this is where we double tap to change the start time of the event. And what we can do is we can select this. Start May 22nd. And swipe right. Today, picker item, adjustable. And, and this is a very simple picker. You can just swipe up and down with one finger to change the date, like so. Saturday, May 23rd. Sunday, May 24th. Monday, May 25th. Now you say to me, well, Matt, that's all well and good, but what if my event's in July? I don't want to really have to sit there swiping through day by day by day with one finger one day at a time. Well, you don't have to. You can double tap and hold and then slide your finger like this. And let's see if we can get to close to July by doing this. Okay, let's see where it lands. Three, Monday, August 17th. Oh, we went way past July. See that? I, I went too far, but that's okay. You get the idea that you can, I could have just slid a little bit less aggressively and I'd have probably landed in July. So that's a quick way of being able to you know, set your start time without having to swipe day by day. So that's the first picker is the date. Then we have three o'clock selected picker item. The hour zero zero minutes selected picker item adjustable. The minutes swipe up or down with one finger to adjust the value. PM selected picker item. And of course the AM versus PM picker. Then if we swipe to the right time zone, New York button. You can see the time zone there. Ends. 4 p.m. And by default, the, the default event length is one hour, but I can certainly change it here and say that my end time is, you know, 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. Or, or whatever I want, maybe even something the next day. Repeat, never, button. All right, we definitely want to talk about these repeat options. If you're just scheduling a one-time event, you leave repeat on to none on or never. But if we double tap this. Selected, never, every day. Every week, every two weeks, every month, every year, custom button. You have six different options there. And every day, every week, every two weeks, uh, every month, or every year. And then beyond that, you have custom. Now, custom is really powerful. Custom allows you to do something like the event is, you know, on the first Sunday of the month, or the event occurs every Monday and Wednesday, uh, the you know the event uh, occurs every uh, you know the I don't know the twenty fifth of every month. There's all sorts of ways to use the custom repeat options. They are extremely powerful. Bit of a learning curve. You need to kind of play with all the options in there, but it is extremely powerful, and I use it all, quite a bit. We're going to go back to the left, remember, because we were inside of this repeat screen. New event, back button. We're going to go back to the main uh, new event screen. We saw that there's the repeat option. Never. It's still on never. If we had selected something like monthly or you know every week, we would also have an option as to when the repeat ends. So let's say that we have 
um, some kind of an event that takes place every week from April through June, you know, a spring sport or something. Well, then when we hit June, we want that repeat to end on a certain date. And so you can set that to, or of course you can leave it at, you know, an indefinite duration with no, uh, no currently defined, um, end date for the repeat. Now, next travel time, none button. This is travel time. Now I've already shown you that you can add the location of your event. Remember that? But travel time is what really makes that so cool because once you've added a location, Apple will use the location along with your current location and the, uh, the traffic conditions to tell you when to leave for the event. So you can actually select a starting location here. You can pick current location. You can pick a predefined address. And then what you're going to do is you'll, you'll allow it to say there's different options for the travel time, such as um, based on you know location, a uh, 20-minute walk, a five-minute drive. You have different choices in that screen. And so what happens, as I said, it's based on the current traffic conditions on that particular day. And it will give you the time to leave notification. You'll actually get an alert that will pop up on your devices telling you, hey, it's time to leave for this event. Based on current traffic, it'll take you 10 minutes to get there. And they also don't put you right up to the, uh, the arrival time either. For example, if I have an event that starts at 10.30 a.m., and if it takes me five minutes to get there, they might, the alert, the notification for time to leave might actually pop up at 1020 or 1022, um, even though that's actually, you know, seven or 10 minutes, eight minutes, whatever, uh, before the event. It's going to do that to give me that extra time to, you know, get in the car, finish things up, you know, whatever I might need to do. So you, it really does work very, very well, but that's your uh, low, that's your travel time allows you to do that. So you make sure that you add a location for your events and a travel time, and then you'll get those notifications. And speaking of notifications, if we go to the right, calendar, home, button. we have some other options. Here's the, the, the one I was going to say is the alert times. Alert. I'll just swipe down to it. Alert, none, button. Right now there's no alerts, but you can actually have two alerts per event. So I could set an event alert for a day before, a week before, two days before, even, you know, five, 10 or 15 minutes before I can set a second alert. Maybe I want the time to leave alert. And so if I have inserted travel time and location information into this event, it will automatically make the time to leave alert, um, one of the options and, and, and it will be on by default. So I can have two alerts here. Now back to the other things I was going to show you calendar home button the default that i have set is that when i create events they go onto the home calendar but i can change this i can put them on a work calendar i can put them on my family calendar so the family calendar is as i said part of family sharing and it allows me to share my uh, share a specific calendar with everybody in the family and so we have a family calendar for my wife my kids and me that we all share. So when somebody adds something to their device, if they add something to their own personal home calendar, that particular event only gets put on their home calendar. Or same thing with the work calendar. But if they change it to the family calendar, then everybody in the family can see that event. And so right here is where I choose which calendar 
that event gets added to. Next. Invitees, none, button. So in addition to uh, choosing what calendar we're going to put the event on, we can invite other people to the event. And all we need is an email address. Now, if the email address you're using is actually someone's Apple ID, which is the recommended way to do it, the event invitation will go directly to that person's calendar inbox. Just like I showed you the inbox tab there, the, that bottom right button. So it'll go right into their inbox. It'll show them that they've been invited. When the event is, all the details you've put, they will be able to accept or reject, and that will show up for you. If they don't have an Apple ID or the email address you're using is not an Apple ID, then it will email them um, a link to the event. But uh, definitely, the again, the, the most powerful way to do that is to use someone's Apple ID. But you can also invite other people even if they don't have an Apple ID. All right, so there's the invitees. And now we're on that alert option I showed you. Again, you can have two alerts per event. There are default alert times. Um, and you can set those up in settings. Show as busy button. Add attachment button. URL text field notes. All right, four really powerful fields. So show as busy. That's how that shows up on the calendar. Indicates that I can't schedule anything else at that time or, or that I'm choosing not to. Uh, the next option was to add an attachment. So maybe the event that you have has a PDF that goes with it or some other kind of document that you need to bring with you. You can actually attach that document right directly to the event. So it'll be there ready for you when you need it. URL. You can add a web URL to an event. This is a great way to put, for example, right now, your Zoom meetings on your calendar. You can add the URL right there. And then, of course, notes, which are your own private notes about the event. Remember to bring sunblock to my beach vacation or whatever. You can just add that information right there under notes. Now, when you're all finished, Dismissal. back up at the top where we started here, Text cancel. New event. we have add. a cancel button and we have add button. an add button. So if we like everything we did and we want to save that, we just hit add. Otherwise, we hit cancel or we can dismiss the pop-up. Sure you want to discard this new event. Am I sure? Discard changes. Yes, button. I am sure because we didn't really create one. May so that is how easy it is and how powerful the event creation process is. Now, I want to talk a bit more about the um, the multiple calendars, because you saw that you can pick which calendar the event goes on. And there is such a thing as public calendars. Now, public calendars allow you to provide a link to other people, and they can subscribe to a read-only version of that calendar. This is great, for example, if you are coaching a soccer team or some other kind of team, you know, or anything where you need to allow people to be able to see the events, but not modify them. So going along with my soccer team example, just for a moment, if I uh, send the, the team members and the parents a link to subscribe to this calendar, it's going to allow them to have all the team's soccer games and practices on their calendar, but not to modify them. And there are some read-only calendars that are built in here, like U.S. holidays and things like that as well, 
which again, you can show and hide them, but they are here. Now, another thing I mentioned to you before uh, was this idea of the, um, how do we, how do we actually find events? You know, once we've, once we've created events on the calendar, if I want to find them later, how can I do that? And there are several different ways to accomplish that goal. We're going to show you how to do it with Siri, and we're going to show you how to do it in the actual calendar app. Remember, there was a search button here, so we certainly can search, but that probably goes without saying. I'm going to show you some other ways. Let's start out with Siri. So I'll just, uh, I'll just ask Siri something like this. What's on my calendar for Monday? You have two appointments. On Monday at 3 p.m., text 303, iPad for all computing, and all day Monday, Memorial Day. I can also ask Siri in the reverse way like this. When is my next dentist appointment? Your next appointment on July 7th, 2020 is at 1 p.m. It's called Dentist Cleanings, all four. Thank you, Siri. Don't mention it. So that's how easy it is to actually ask Siri for events. But what if we want to navigate the calendar? Now, I told you there are slightly different ways of doing this um, with uh, voiceover uh, on, a, on a phone versus an iPad. And I'm going to, during our first Q&A break here coming up in a few minutes, I am going to try to text Rita because I know she was interested in this event. And then I, I just didn't have the info to provide her. So once now that I do, I'll see if she's able to join and she can demo for you um, on her phone the, uh, the way to do it on a phone. But let me show you the way to do it on an iPad. And to do it on an iPad, to find events on the iPad, I'm going to recommend the use of the rotor. Now, we all know what the rotor is, right? It's, uh, it's a virtual on-screen control that is context-aware. It's dynamic. You can customize it. And it makes available to you things that normally would require sight. To use the rotor, we put two fingers on the screen and we rotate them clockwise or counterclockwise as if we were turning a dial or a knob. In the calendar app on an iPad, there is an item in the rotor called events. As I said, I am in week view. I've been told that you can also do this in month view, but I like to be in week view. And what I'll do, I'll, well, I'll show you again that we are in week view. Monday, Sunday, May 2002, selected week button. So it's already, it's already there. Now I'm going to just touch the middle of the screen. Wednesday, May 20th, 6 p.m. Just landed on a, on a to access events. Oh, there you go. You heard it. Okay, I landed on a random date and time. Now I'm going to turn the rotor. Vertical events. There it is. And what I can do is I can swipe up and down to go event by event in a given week and totally skip all the other time slots that don't have events. Thursday, May twenty first. Stephanie Rakazi's thirty eighth birthday. All day birthday button. The all day events always Double come. Hold. Then move to adjust start and end time. Right. Actions available. And it has actions. Access events. You can you can double tap and hold to move it. You can double tap it to see the event details and then hit edit. Um, the all day events always come after the other events in a given week. So I'm going to swipe up. Saturday, 
May 23rd, I now feature all day U.S. holidays button. And that's actually uh, on the holidays calendar. Saturday, May 23rd, haircuts, designing images. From okay, well, those were scheduled a long time ago. We not, don't actually have those as of right now, but. 12th Thursday, May 21st, TTJ virtual help and support session. All are welcome. 415. Local. Now, see, what happened is we went from, because I'm swiping up, I'm going backwards. We went from the all-day events to the individual. Wednesday, May 20th, Covenant Men. Tooth. Okay, and here, let's keep going. Tech 303, iPad for all computing. There were two events on that day. Tuesday, May 19th, PTA meeting. And, of course, we didn't have that either. A lot of this was scheduled before all the stay-at-home stuff. So, uh, nevertheless, we didn't we didn't bother deleting them, but they are uh, they are on the calendar, and we're just swiping up and down to get from event to an event. Wednesday, May twentieth, Tech three hundred and three, iPad for all computing, Covenant men. Okay, and as I said, all of your all day events appear after the other events. That's why that person's birthday was last in the list. Now, I want to show you that that's going to give you every event in a given week. If you want to, you can swipe left with three fingers to go to the next week. Week of May 24th. Messages. Okay, so there's the week of May 24th. Week of May 31st. There's the week of May 31st. We'll go back to the right with three fingers. Week of May 24th. Messages. And now what we have. Tuesday, May 27th. Tech 303. Tuesday, May 26th. TTJ virtual help. See, I'm swiping up. If I swipe down, I'll eventually get to Memorial Day because the all-day events come after the other ones. Thursday, Saturday, May 30th, Noah's 16th, Monday, May 25th, Memorial Day, all day, See? U.S. holidays, button. Okay. Thursday. And there's a birthday there, I guess, too. Okay. So there you go. So it's super easy to just swipe left and right with three fingers to pick the week that you want and then just set the rotor to events and you can navigate by swiping up and down. So you can ask Siri when your events are. You can ask Siri what's on your calendar for a particular day. You can use the search button in the calendar to search for events. You can use the rotor to navigate event by event on an iPad. You can also have the up next widget on your home screen so you can see when things are coming up. And finally, you can use spotlight search. Spotlight Search is a, a universal search tool which you invoke from the home screen by swiping down with three fingers from the center. So basically just touch a home screen icon with one finger to bring focus to it and then swipe down with three fingers to open Spotlight Search. You can type event names and actually see the results as well as a whole lot of other things when you use the Spotlight Search. Now again, I shared with you about um, sharing calendars with other people, with uh, read-only uh, public calendars. You know, I use a public calendar on my website. Uh, it's called TTJ Training. And when I have training sessions and help sessions, as we've been having a number of, I simply add them using my iPad or iPhone, the calendar app. And when it asks me, to choose the calendar that I put them on, I pick TTJ training. Now, as soon as I hit the add button and I complete that process, not only is that event now synced to all my iCloud devices, but also it's on my website. 
I don't even have to log in and manage anything on the website because that calendar feed is showing up right on my website. So I have provided a link on the website that people don't even have to click on it. Just They just go to that page and that calendar is always automatically updated to reflect the events that I add to my calendar. So it is really, really powerful. Now, what I would like to do, we're still going to talk about a couple other things. And we're going to especially talk about, as I said, the difference between calendar and reminders. We're going to talk maybe about the reminders app too. And, you know, just sort of uh, a few other general things with the calendar. But before we do any of that, I would love to open it up to some questions, see where you guys are at, see what you'd like to know. And we'll take a few questions. And then uh, while we're doing that, I'm going to see if I can get a hold of trainer Rita and see if she'll join us. All right. Um, so if you have a question, you can raise your hand by a few different ways. If you called in, <clears throat> if you called in using your phone, you can press star nine. If you use the app, the more buttons in the lower right hand corner of the phone, you can double tap that and then double tap on raise hand. And if you are, um, if you're on the PC, it is Alt Y, and on a Mac, it is Options Y. So um, we're going to go through these. Please keep your questions on topic, and we will get started. And we're going to start with Abraham. You should be unmuted. Can you hear me? Yes. We got you. Okay. Hey, Matt. I'm um, great presentation so far. Um, one of you. the things I've always struggled with the calendar on my iPhone, especially, is uh, say whenever somebody sends you a, a event in an email and uh, you click on it, like the date area, comes up with two options. Um, one of them is create event and it takes me to the calendar to create it. But another uh, option that I've tried to use a couple of times says show in calendar. And I'm wondering like, um, like how you can use that efficiently. So really that is going to show that event in relationship to everything else that you have. If you want to, the option you want to use is exactly the way that you described it the first time when you receive an event uh, by email, like a link like that, double tap on it and it will ask you to create an event. And that's really what you want to do. The other part is, is just kind of showing that to you in relationship to whatever else is on your calendar, but really, yeah, to actually create that event, you, you've got it right. You're just going to hit create event. It will, you can modify the information. It still lets you, you know, edit anything about it that you want and then just hit add. All right. All right. Thank you very much. And next up is Peggy. Hi. Um, I think Abraham actually had kind of the same question I did, but, um, I used to use that. I love that create event function when you get something in your calendar, like even, uh, I mean, something in your email, even like things Cindy sends out, um, uh, you know, you can always just add it as an event. Now, um, 
it used to put in a subject for you, uh, you know, the title for you, and it doesn't do that anymore. Do you know why that stopped working? Do you think it's something I did in a setting or something? Or Like it used to put in the, the subject, the title of the meeting is like the subject of the email or something. I would try to guess at that or something. I, you know, it's interesting because I haven't done it that way in a while, but I, um, I do believe from my experience that it is trying to guess at that. And maybe if it's not clear what it is, um, then it's not going to fill it in for you. Now, one thing you can check is, um, you can go into settings and calendar and make sure that the Siri suggestions are turned on. And you can also check that under settings and then Siri and search and find under there, it has the whole list of your apps and you can go to calendar. You can make sure that suggestions are turned on in both places because that is using, you know, Siri's AI to kind of make that happen. And so, I, you know, that is something you could check, but I suspect it's just that maybe it's not able to determine what the, um, event is, you know, I, I think a lot of that just comes down to the syntax and the wording uh, and everything, but those are definitely some things you could do just to verify that everything is set up, you know, the way that you want it. All right. Um, next, I have unmuted someone. I don't have a name. I just have iPhone that says. Okay. It's Sarah. Um, hi, Sarah. Hi. And, and Mika, thank you guys. This is, this is very, very helpful. Okay. My question is somewhat two-part. Um, when uh, I got uh, an uh, I have both an iPad and an I, uh, uh, phone 8, but I didn't want to use my regular Apple ID because it had a gazillion emails, and I certainly didn't want to weigh that down. So I did not set up uh, the email account on either one of my devices. However, I did open up uh, the Gmail app. Okay, and then select it. Uh, I can feed in and choose which email. So when I get an invitation uh, from Outlook, it allows me to accept tentative, you know, et cetera. I noticed when you went through the demo that that wasn't there. But where I'm having a problem is, is when I, I accept it, it still doesn't pop up or alert me on my Gmail app, nor do I have to physically put it in on the calendar app in order to do that? Okay. So there's a few things here and this may be, I, I will do the best I can to point you in the right direction. Um, but I'm also going to encourage that perhaps um, you, if you're willing, you get a hold of me afterwards. You know, I do offer uh, some degree of support at no charge and I'd be happy to try to work through this with you, it may take more than just a few minutes to, to straighten everything out. But let me just try to answer the question um, in, a, in a sort of concise way, if at all possible. Um, the first thing that I'm gathering that your Apple ID is a Gmail email address. Is that correct? I'm sorry, Matt. I had remuted her. Oh, it's okay. Sorry about that, Sarah. Go ahead. <laughs> Didn't yeah. know it was going to okay. be an interactive yeah, I'm going, thing, right? Yes, yes. Okay, yes. It is a Gmail <laughs> account. That is correct. Okay. All right. So you can add your Apple ID to a um, to any Apple device, and 
not still have to worry about the email. What I'm gathering from what you said is you don't want all of those Gmail emails showing up in your Apple Mail app. Is that right? Exactly. You know how you okay. keep getting inundated and it takes okay. up. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. The the two are not the two are not related. I mean they're related, but they they function independently. So when you add an Apple ID for iCloud or iTunes store purposes, that does not mean that you have to receive the mail. As a matter of fact, technically you're not adding a Gmail account, you're adding an iCloud account even though your Apple ID is at gmail.com. So what you want to do is is on the when you go to settings there should be a thing there that says sign into my iPhone you can add or iPad whatever you can add your Apple ID there and make sure that calendars are turned on you, in order to get the alerts that you want to get you're going to have to do that and then the next thing that we want to check is in the calendar app make sure that the calendar is showing but I think the thing that, that is, it sounds to me, and again, I, I would encourage, maybe we can talk afterwards. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, what it sounds like to me is that we are confusing because it's a Gmail address. That does not mean you're using a Google calendar or a Gmail email or anything like that. An Apple ID can be anything at all. And in fact, the default is that it's a third party email address. Only if you don't have one, then and only then is your primary Apple ID an iCloud.com. So you know, your email address can be at anything in the world, and it, it's just for Apple ID iCloud purposes. So I think if we had a chance to talk further, I could mm -hmm. walk through okay. that with you sure. and, and see if we can help you out. Thank okay. you, Sarah, for your question. You. Mm -hmm. um, Sharon. Hello. Am I on? Am I on? You are. you are. Hi there. Okay, very good. I have two very simple questions. Um, what is the way to have Siri create an event successfully? And the other one is, after events have finished, do they automatically delete after a while, or can you control that? Thank you. So there are settings for the events in a, you know, in a calendar afterwards, but what I would say to you is that there isn't really a situation where you need to worry about past events on the calendar anyhow because they're not really taking up any kind of space they're not really hurting anything by by just being there and and as time goes by they just won't be there now to use siri there's a couple of phrases that you can try um and she will respond to all of them. It's really a matter of finding what works for you. You know, you can say something like, you can be very, very detailed and specific, uh, like um, create a dentist appointment tomorrow at 10 a.m. Or you can just say, you know, add a dentist appointment to my calendar, and then she'll ask you when it is, and she'll ask you what information you want to modify about the event. One of the phrases you want to be careful not to use, unless you really mean it, is a phrase involving the word with. Because when you use the word with, Siri interprets that as you want to use the with as an invite. So you want to send an invitation to another person. So if I say, add lunch with Fred to my calendar, and I've got Fred in my contacts. Now it's going to send Fred an invite to that event. And maybe I really do want to do that. But if I don't, 
then I need to not use the word with. You know, I would just have to say uh, something other than that, that that totally avoids the use of the word with. However you choose to say it, if you really want Fred in the in the name of the event, then say, you know, Fred lunch or, you know, whatever. But just it, as soon as you put that in there, that automatically indicates to Siri that you want to invite the person that you are having the event with. Other than that, there really is not, you know, it's like anything else with Siri. I mean, how do you ask for the weather? You know, well, what's the weather like outside? Do I need an umbrella? Um, you know, is it cold outside? I mean, there's a million ways to do this. Siri is not necessarily, I mean, there are boundaries because they're not, you know, it's, it's AI, but, uh, but for the, you know, by and large, Siri is not extremely constraining or limiting with how you say things, you know, so add such and such to my calendar, create an event on my calendar called whatever at such and such a time. There's a lot of ways to do that. But as I said, the biggest thing to make sure, unless you really, really mean to do it, then you're going to want to avoid the word with. All right. Um, I think that for now, that's all the questions that we're going to take so that you have time for the rest of your um, presentation and for questions and answers later. So thank okay. everyone for thank you all for raising your hands. I'm sorry I didn't get to everyone, um, but we'll definitely but, have another yeah, Q and A. Yeah, we'll give them another go around in a little bit. That's great. Um, I I mentioned to you, and I've not heard back from from Rita yet. She may have gotten tied up on other things, and that's okay. You saw how to do it on the iPad. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and and give you now. I normally wait till the end, but because we have been doing a lot of stuff on the calendar on our website recently, I'm going to give it to you now and then I'll give it to you again at the end. So I would encourage you to visit our website. Um, the name of my business is The Tech Juggernaut and the web address is ttjtech.net. So that's Tango, Tango, Juliet, and then the word tech, T-E-C-H dot N-E-T. Now on that website, I actually have a, uh, I have like the most recent, the 10 most recent blog posts right on the main website, main homepage, excuse me. So you can just go down with your good old heading navigation in Safari or whatever you use. And the, the last heading in there is latest posts. And Rita, if she hasn't already, she's going to be posting that calendar stuff really soon. I think she did post the first phase of it already, but she um, has a She's a co-moderator of something called iDevices. Many of you may have read her articles. They're very good. Uh, and and she's, we're thrilled to have her as part of our instructor team. And so she and, and Trainer Cliff, who you, you know, talked to before on the Apple TV stuff, and of course myself and a couple others, we, you know, we write periodically. And um, she, is, she puts those iDevice articles on the website every week on the blog. So that is definitely within the most recent 10. Now, also on that website, you can subscribe to the blog so you get email notifications whenever we post something. All right, so I'd like to talk to you about a couple of other things, as I said. And the first one I want to talk about is birthdays. Why did I specifically not use birthdays as an example? And why did I say to you there's a different way of handling birthdays? Well, the reason for that is because birthdays get added to the calendar in an entirely different way. At least they're supposed to. Now, when I first got an iPhone, an iPhone 3GS, way back when the first you could get one with voiceover, I was totally new to this. I mean, I was a, a Windows user. Like, you know, I, I didn't, my, my 
phone was uh what did I even have? I think I had one of those LG chocolate phones or a Motorola Razor or something. It wasn't accessible. And I, you know, I just used it to make and answer calls and um check voicemail. You know, anything else I did I had to have cited help for. There were a few voice commands you could use, but not a whole lot of things. And I didn't know, you know, when I when I started, I mean my contacts were a mess. I, I did what a lot of people do and I had you know, just first names in there, or I had my contacts in there as mom and dad, which really is bad because it, it doesn't allow the uh, AI, the machine learning and everything to, to work the way that they ought to. And so over time, I've modified it and I've learned just how important it is to add things properly, not only in your contact cards, but in other things. Uh, one of the features that is built into the contacts app when you are creating contact cards is a birthday field. And the idea behind this is when you create the contact, you or, or later you can go back and modify it. It doesn't have to be done when you create it, but you know, you add the birthday for that particular contact. And so again, this reinforces the idea Add a separate contact for each person. You know, I, I don't care if they are a family, if they are, you know, whatever. You still want to have a separate contact for each person because it's the most effective way to use the awesome, powerful features of your devices to their greatest and full, most full potential. And this not only applies to contacts, but it definitely is very specific to contacts. You want to make sure when you're doing this that you set up your contact cards with as much information as you can. Because then I can take my device and I can say something like, when is my son's birthday? It's March 29th. Now, isn't that cool? So... There's a couple things to be aware of. The first thing is when you set up a contact, you may have to hit add field. All right. The birthday thing isn't going to show up just in the in the first list of fields. There's hundreds of things that you can do. And so when we say add field, we can then pick birthday and we can put the, the, the date and you know the year and everything of that person's birthday. Now we also then can add the relationship and that's how it knew that you know my son is who he is but for this you know purposes of today's presentation um the one you want to look at is the birthday you add a field and you choose birthday and then you can fill in the day and the month and the year and that will make that event appear on your calendar there is a special birthdays calendar that you have on your apple devices and all those birthdays that are added in there through the contacts app will appear on the birthdays calendar. What's more, you can go into settings and calendar and go to default alert times and you can select when do I want to be notified about people's upcoming birthdays. And you can even pick that. So if there's no alert, you won't get the notification, but you'll see it on the calendar in, if, you know, if you go to a place where you can see that. Otherwise, you can actually set it, you know, I want to be notified the day of or the day before, or a week before, whatever it is. But I can set that default alert time, again, under settings, calendar, and default alert times. So that is how you handle 
birthdays with the calendar. Now, the next thing I'd like to talk about and, and probably talk about for the next several minutes is the difference between the calendar app and the reminders app. Because as I said earlier, it's very easy for people if they don't know to use one where they should be using the other. Now, of course, it's always personal preference. It's not really that big of a deal, except that each of those two apps, though they sound so similar, and in some regards they are, each of those two apps is designed with very, very different intentions. And they have features that make them best suited to those specific design principles. So the calendar is designed for events, my dentist appointment, my vacation, that business lunch we were talking about, you know, some other trip, and of course, the, you know, the birthdays and things of that nature. The Reminders app is all about tasks and to-dos, water the plants, take out the trash, pay this bill. So there are some features that are shared in the sense that you can do the same thing in both apps. For one thing, you have that beautiful iCloud integration in both apps. For another thing, you can share lists of reminders just like you can share calendars. And again, with family sharing, you automatically get a family reminders list to use when you want. You can also create new lists and add people to those lists so you can share any reminders list that you choose. Some other things that are similar, you can definitely have re repeating or recurring reminders. You know, pay this bill every month. Water the plants every Sunday. All right. So we definitely have that in common with the calendar app. But here's where things start to diverge a little bit. With reminders, yes, you can have a time-based reminder. You know, water the plants every Sunday at 7 p.m. But we can also have location-based reminders. When I leave work, remind me to call my wife. When I pass by the grocery store, remind me to stop and get milk. When I get home, remind me to, you know, uh, take, out the, uh, take out the food for tomorrow's dinner out of the freezer. All of these things are, uh, are possible with location-based reminders. And what happens there then is that a geofence is set up based on what location reminder criteria you have set. Another kind of reminder that you can have now is the person-based reminder. So this is like when I am messaging, and that's actually what it says, remind me when messaging. So when I am already talking to Cindy, remind me to ask her about next week's presentation, things like that. And so we can set these person-based reminders as well, so that the next time we're using iMessage, you know, texting this person, we get a notification 
to do whatever that thing is. With reminders, we can also have subtasks. So I used the plant example a few minutes ago or the pay bills example. In both of those cases, you might want to have subtasks, right? Because maybe I have five different bills that I pay on the same day or three different plants that I water. And only when all of those subtasks are completed is the whole event considered, or the whole reminder, excuse me, considered done. With reminders, you can have priorities so that we can determine which is the highest priority task that needs to be done right away. Now, reminders certainly have alerts as well when they are actually due, and you can, you can customize the way that works, the way it behaves. But you can see that there is a difference between the two apps. They both are very accessible with voiceover. They both serve wonderful purposes. What I would say is, as I said before, if it's a specific event, appointment, anniversary, birthday, you know, these are calendar events. If it's a task, a to-do item, it's a reminder. Now, the Reminders app also works with Siri, so you can say something like, remind me to water the plants on Sunday at, at noon. Uh, you know, remind me to call my wife when I get home. So it definitely supports those same type of Siri um, phrases that, you know, whatever you're going to use. But it is an entirely different app. So with the combination of these two apps, it is really, truly possible to have your life be far more organized and things make a lot more sense. With reminders, we can even set up multiple lists and check off the items as we complete them. We can work collaboratively and it's really Awesome, because there are even some third-party apps, and maybe one of these weeks we'll talk about uh, a couple of them. There are some third-party apps that actually make use of the reminders interface to create things like grocery lists and other types of to-do lists using reminders. Now, I think that um, I, I don't have I haven't I don't have my uh, I didn't have my speech on the whole time, um, so I'm not 100% sure, but I, I don't know that I've um, heard Rita join us at all. Um, if, if she does come in, I'd still love to get a, a demo for you of the, um, the list yeah. view. Rita, if you're in here, if you would raise your hand and I can unmute you. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the general gist of it, the general idea of it, though, is that on an iPhone, when you're using the calendar app, there is a list button. And you can actually view the events as a list. Now, if that doesn't work to hit that list button, uh, what, what Rita has uh, written in her article, and, and it is true, is that you can pick any day on the calendar uh, and you can double tap and hold on it, long press on it, and that will bring up 
a list view of all your events that you can just swipe through. So instead of hearing, you know, 1 p.m., 2 p.m., 3 p.m., you just hear the name of the event. And if there are days in between with no events, those days are skipped over. Kind of like it was when we did it in the rotor on the iPad. But again, I can't demo that for you right now. Uh, but that's the general gist of it. You, you tap, you double, you find a day, any day, it doesn't matter really. And then you double tap and hold on that day. And it brings up this list of events on your iPhone. So um, I think that, um, you know, the only other thing that I want to just go over here briefly before we take some more questions is just to go back to this idea of multiple calendars. Because I mentioned to you that you can have all of these different calendars on your device. You can even have a calendar called on my iPhone or on my iPad. Now, I always turn that off because the only thing I want to use is iCloud. I don't want anything else. I don't even want any other options. All right. Now, I have multiple calendars in iCloud. I have home, work, that TTJ training, shared, you know, read, subscribe calendar I told you about. Um, of course, our family calendar with family sharing. Uh, so I have all these calendars within iCloud, but the o only service that I want to use is iCloud. And I even have the U.S. holidays calendar, and that's fine. But in the um, account creation process, when you add accounts to your device, like you go to settings and then passwords and accounts, and you add a new account, you will be able to see what is being added. And a lot of times, like if you do add a Gmail, actual email uh, Gmail account to your device, um, when you add that, you'll see that it supports mail, calendars, uh, notes, you know, all these different things. And you can turn on or off the things that you do or do not want. So I always add, I, like, I do have a Gmail account because my actual domain email for my business is through G Suite. And so I do have a, a Gmail account, but I always turn off the calendars for Google. And same thing if I had, which I, I technically, I guess I do because my son plays Xbox, but I, I don't use it. But I guess technically I have an Outlook account. If I were to add that, again, I would just turn off the Outlook calendar because I don't want it. But for other people, maybe you need it. And so you can leave that turned on. And then all of your events will show up together. Now, if you ever don't want to see events from a particular calendar, you go down to that calendars button at the bottom. Remember, there, was, there were these, there was today, calendars, and inbox. You hit calendars, and you can deselect any calendar that you don't want to see, and then none of its events will show up on your calendar. That's also kind of a troubleshooting step, because I have seen a couple of cases where somehow someone's calendar has gotten hidden that they really want, and they'll call me and they'll say, you know, I added an event, but it's not on my calendar. Why not? And the answer is they probably have the calendar hidden that they really needed. And so we would go down to calendars and we would check that. And sure enough, yep, that calendar's not selected. So we're just going to put a check in it, double tap it or what have you. And now we're going to be good to go and they can see all their events. There's so much like this. I mean, again, every Apple app, and, and the powerful iCloud syncing and all of the collaboration, all of these different tools just make these apps amazing for work, for life, for every aspect of things that we do. And I'm glad to be able to share this one with you today. I do believe it is the intention to have another one next week. I, um, as I said, a little bit of email issues plus a hectic week too. And I, 
I did not uh, get to share that in time to get it on the schedule for next week, but I do believe if I'm still uh, invited, we're going to be talking about messages next week. We're going to be talking about how you keep in touch with loved ones, for family members, friends, coworkers. You can use group messaging to have powerful group conversations and add effects and send money and just really express yourself in some neat ways or take it to the next level and have a group FaceTime call with 32 people, all of you talking together, those who can see, seeing each other, otherwise just using audio. It is an incredible experience. And so that's next week, but I'm glad to be able to share about the calendars and a little about reminders with you today. And I'd love to take some more questions before we close today. <clears throat> All right, we got some. You ready for questions, Matt? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So let's see. We're gonna go. Um, the person who's area code starts with seven zero three. There might be something on your. There you are. You should be unmuted. All right, hello, area code 703, you should be unmuted so you should be able to talk. Okay, we will move on. And we will go to um, Fran. All right, Fran, you should be unmuted. Hi, um, Matt, I have a question about the calendar. <clears throat> um, when I put appointments in, I use Siri to do it, and I'll say, you know, set appointment for July 24th, 10 a.m., dentist appointment. And so then later on down the road, I'll be like, when is that dentist appointment? And I'll say, you know, when is my dentist appointment? And she'll say, well, Thursday at 10 a.m. I'm like, uh, okay, which Thursday? And I, you know... Because I gave the exact month and date, but she's not telling me that. She's just telling Unmute me Thursday. And I'm like, well, or she'll say July, you know, but she won't say, the, like, which which Thursday. And I'm like, well, I kind of need to know which Thursday. There are four Thursdays in July. How do I get her to, to tell me which Thursday or which whatever? Um. I would be curious to, to work with you at some point to hear exactly what she is saying because you heard the demo that I did a few minutes ago where she did say the exact date um, of the dent. And in fact, we used that example. I said, when is my next dentist appointment? And she said it was Thursday, it was July, whatever it was. I don't remember now what she said, but um, you know, she did tell me the actual date of it. So is it that she's not saying the date at all or... She's not saying the date, just just like she'll say, like I'll say, um, when is my dentist appointment in July? And she'll say Thursday, da, 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 da. And I'm like, but I need the date. I need to know which Thursday. And she's not telling me that. I would try the phrase that I used a moment ago because it worked perfectly. I just said, when is my next dentist appointment? And I didn't try to give her any additional information um i would also suggest touching 
on screen if you're not getting the if the details that you need because Siri shows things on screen as well. So you could touch sort of near the middle of the screen, sort of upper middle, and swipe left and right. Uh, Ma'am, you are unmuted. Whoever's saying that they tried to ask a question, I think we just didn't get you unmuted in time, maybe, or you, I don't know what happened, but uh, you just hang tight for another moment. We can hear, no, we can can hear you. It's okay. Um, Anyhow, Fran, it's, uh, you can touch near the upper middle of the screen and swipe left and right to try to uh, see if Siri has any additional information on the screen for you. Uh, that that may be helpful, but you know I, I've never seen, uh, you know, unless it's like this Thursday, like she might say, you know, you have something coming up on Thursday. Well, that would imply that it's this week, but um, yeah, I, I've not I've not actually seen that issue. I would just try the phrase that I use, like when is my next dentist appointment? See what she comes back and says, and if you're not getting all the information you need, try to touch the screen and swipe and see if the rest of it is there for you. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, if your area code is 703, you are unmuted. Thank you. I apologize for that. Um, oh, no problem. We just want to let you know. <laughs> I appreciate it. I didn't know what happened the first time, so I was messing with my phone trying to figure out how to <laughs> be able to ask a question. Anyway, um, my question concerns past events. You touched on a search for past events if you know when they're about when they're going to be or when they were. But is there a way to find out, for instance, the last occurrence of, of, of an event that you know took place in the past, but you don't know exactly when it occurred, so you can't go to the events list that you demonstrated? Well, I would, um, I would try the, uh, the spotlight search or the search within the calendar itself, and I would try to search for the event by title and see if you do have the result that you're looking for. Without knowing the exact date of the event, that's probably going to be your best way to find uh, future or past events. All right. Thank you so much for your question. Um, Jeff in Minneapolis, which I unmuted you. You must have muted yourself back. (laughs) (laughs) I was ready, Jeff. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So, um, Matt, I do have a question about making a family calendar. How do I create it? And then I am assuming that uh, people in my family, I would need to have them opt in. Is that correct? Right. So uh, just to to really quickly, and again, this is one of those things we could go over in more detail later, but let me just a little bit here. Um, Do you share, so each of your family members, I'm assuming like maybe a spouse and kids or something, uh, you each have separate Apple IDs. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. All right. So that's brilliant. So you would be a perfect candidate for family sharing. Now I will point out, you could just do this within the calendar by creating a new calendar and sharing it. But I, if you've got a family, there's so many benefits to family sharing that I recommend just going all in. So you're going to go into settings and then tap on your name. And once you do that, if you swipe to the right far enough, you're going to find something that says set up family sharing. And you're going to have to pick the thing that you share first. Uh, it gives you a choice of like a photo album, um, iTunes purchases, or I think iCloud storage or something. There's a couple different options. They all get shared in the end, or I should say you can share all of them in the end. Like you can 
control what you do and don't share. But normally they do all get shared in the end, but it just wants to pick something to sort of start with because it, it, it affects the, the messaging that is sent to the other people. But once everybody's opted in, then really all the things are shared and all the settings will become available for you. So yes, you will have, it will send them a, a message. You'll, you know, you'll, give, you'll provide their Apple ID. It will send them an invite to join the family and then once they do join the family, you can control everything that's shared. And as long as the um, the sharing process, you know, is is done in that way, there is a family calendar then that automatically gets created to which all of the members of the family are subscribed. Now, with family sharing, you can have up to six people in the family. There is one family organizer. Um, as I say, you can share the family calendar, the family reminders. You can share a family uh, photo album. You can also share iTunes purchases if you choose to do so. iTunes and App Store and you know TV shows, all that stuff, books. You, you'll have to make sure that each person in the family is using the, the same credit card. But you can share. And even for kids, you can even turn on a feature called Ask to Buy, which means they, they have to send you an approval request in order to actually buy something. You also have the family screen time, which again allows you to see family usage per device, but also to set uh, usage limits for kids and things of that nature. If you have more than, or if you, I should say, if you have the 200 gigabyte or higher iCloud storage, you can share a plan. You're not actually sharing each other's data but you're just sharing that storage plan rather than each person having to pay uh, individually. And then also if you have Apple TVs or HomePods, each person can have his or, own, his or her own profile on the device on an Apple TV. And the HomePod will recognize the voice of each family member. So you know, if, if I say, um, read my messages or what's on my calendar versus if my wife or kids say it, we're going to get different uh, answer. So it's really, really a powerful tool, family sharing. And yeah, that's how you set that up. Perfect. Thank you. Um, Wes is next, but before Wes starts, Kristen, I have been trying to unmute you. So there should be something on your screen asking you to unmute. So if you could please do that, you're next up in the question queue. Go ahead, Wes. Yes. On the reminders, <laughs> You said I, that I could set a reminder, not just for on a day or at a location, like when I come to or from my location. But you say like when I try to contact or a certain person, but how do I do that feature? Because when I do a reminder, all the charges I have is on a day or at a location. There's no with, at a person on there. Um, okay, so first of all, are you up to date with your software? Um. Uh, uh, no, I don't. No, I'm not. I mean, my computer's way out of date. It's run on El Capitan because the hardware can't handle anything like Katrina or anything like that. All right. Uh, yeah. So the the uh, the, the uh, person based reminders are only available in iOS and iPad OS 13 and Mac OS. Uh, what's that called? Catalina. Um, and if you have anything older than that, that feature is not going to not going to be supported. And I suspect if you have even a mix and match where some devices are and some devices are not, then that feature may also not be supported because the um, 
the new uh, operating systems this year required a reminders upgrade. And if you didn't upgrade your reminders, you weren't going to get all the features. And so I suspect that that is why you're not seeing that option. All right. Thank you, Kristen. All right, Kristen, you're showing as being unmuted. Um, so I don't know if you've... There we go. Yep. Come to me. Okay, there you are. <laughs> Can you hear? Yes. Okay. I'm wondering if you have a separate calendar, like an Outlook, and you turn that on through the settings, will that automatically sync with Apple Calendar? Or is there some other step you have to take? That should do it. Yes, if you go to settings, you go to passwords and accounts, and then you select that Outlook calendar or that Outlook account in, in passwords and accounts. And if you turn on calendars there, then yes, that is the designed feature of that exactly. So once you do that, those events should show up on your calendar. Now, just make sure that the, uh, you can if you want, that when you go into calendar, the Outlook calendar is selected. Remember how we talked a few minutes ago about how calendars can be hidden and then not everything is going to show up. So make sure you, when you open the calendar app after you do turn that on, that you go down to calendars at the bottom and make sure the Outlook calendar is selected. Okay. And I'm also wondering if you don't want to do family sharing, can you create a family calendar just through calendars? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So you're going to go to that same location down there at the bottom to calendars and then hit, I think it says add, or maybe it says new. Uh, it's, it's pretty, you know, pretty obvious. And you can create it, name it, and then there is an option. And I apologize. I just, I haven't done it recently um, in this way. I can't remember if it's a rotor action after you create the calendar or if there's a more info button next to it. Uh, but there is a way to get into the settings for that calendar. And then you can, you know, you can add people to the calendar and it will send them uh, invites to join just that calendar then. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Yep. Thank you so much for your question. So Matt, that was all of our questions. Um, okay. I know. <laughs> um, oh, I, you know, I'll, we'll take one more. Um, so okay. that's one more question actually. And then Matt, after this question, if you, um, if you wouldn't mind giving us how, telling us how to get in touch with you. Yep, that's fine. Um, Anicio? Yes, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, yep. uh, thanks so much. This is the first time I attend one of these calls. It's, it's great. Welcome. Uh, my question is I use Microsoft Outlook and Windows, and I also use my iPhone a lot for my calendar. When I was <clears throat> when I was working, I was using Microsoft Outlook in Exchange, and that was easy to synchronize both my iPhone calendar and the Exchange calendar in Outlook. But now that I no longer use Exchange, I'm finding it. I'm trying to find out how to make sure that whatever I add on my iPhone ends up on Outlook, and vice versa. Okay, so this is definitely doable. However, I will tell you that I am not a Windows user. I haven't used Windows since about 2009. And uh, this is your first call. So you missed my little 
joke a week or two ago where I said the only thing I ever use windows for now is when I want a cool breeze in the house. But I, uh, um, I, I, I do know the basics of it. It's just I can't really, if there's little quirks or, or things like that, I'm not going to be very helpful. But the basic answer to your question is there is a thing called iCloud for Windows. It used to be called the iCloud control panel. And you need to download that from Apple's website and install it. And what it will do is it will automatically then set up with the proper configuration the, uh, the iCloud stuff in the Outlook app, among other things. It'll give you access to iCloud Photos. It'll give you access to iCloud Drive in your, uh, what do they call it now, File Explorer or whatever that is in Windows, you know. So it, it does a lot for you to, to bring the experience together. And uh, yes, that is how it should allow the, uh, the events on your Apple calendar to sync with Outlook, vice versa. You know, whenever you put something on one, they should show up in the other. So your actual iCloud calendars should show up in, in Outlook if that's, um, if that's what you're trying to do. Now, again, the other option you have is, uh, just as we told, I think uh, her name was Kristen, you can add an actual Outlook calendar to your Apple calendar. And, and that's the other way you can go there, which then again, it just becomes a separate calendar uh, you know, alongside of your iCloud calendar, but all the events show up on the same um, on the same screen as long as you don't have the calendar hidden. Uh, so hopefully that answers your question a little bit. As I said, I'm not really a Windows expert by any means, uh, but that is, you know, that is information that I do know anyway. All right. Thank you so much for that question. I'm sorry we're not taking any other um, questions. However, um, Matt will let us know how to get in touch with him. And before you do that, Matt, I just want to thank you so much for um, really giving some insights on how to use the calendar and about reminders and everything. So I've learned quite a bit here. So thank you. Well, good. That's great. I'm glad to hear it. And I definitely appreciate you having me uh, as always. So yes, once again, we'll give it to you one more time. TTJtech.net. That's Tango, Tango, Juliet. And then the word tech, T-E-C-H dot N-E-T. Now, again, as I said before, you can read the latest blog posts. You can subscribe to the blog so that you always get email notifications. You can um, also find out about our podcast called TTJ Talk, uh, which is available on Apple Podcasts as well as Google and Spotify and a whole bunch of others. Uh, the gentleman uh, trainer, Cliff, who was with us uh, a couple weeks ago, I don't know that he would be here today, uh, but if he is, uh, glad to have him too. But um, he has his own podcast also called Stir It Up, which is spelled with a U, S-T-U-R-I-T-U-P. So we encourage you to check both of those podcasts out. And also we want to let you know that we are still doing free virtual help sessions every Tuesday and Thursday and select Saturdays, including tomorrow. So I know you got some game labs tomorrow as well. Definitely don't miss those. But if you can, if you can fit it in there, we're going to be together at 1 Eastern tomorrow for a virtual help session in our um, Zoom. And you can find all the info out on ttjtech.net. And you can see it on the calendar page. But I do want to, uh, as I said, those are free. You can ask any Apple questions, you know, Apple-related questions. And uh, we also offer other forms of free and paid training as well. So again, that web address is ttjtech.net. If you have a specific 
quick support kind of question, you can use the iMessage feature, the Messages app on your Apple device, and send that question to me at thetechjuggernaut at iCloud.com. So that's T-H-E-T-E-C-H-J-U-G-G-E-R-N-A-U-T at iCloud.com. Again, use iMessage. I'll get it much more quickly that way. So just the messages app. Uh, I can't always respond immediately, but I, I you know, try to respond within a few hours anyway. Uh, so quick support questions, you can send them to me that way.